Well, good Monday morning, everybody. It's August the 2nd, and my title today is The Danger of Losing Heart. If you could take the temperature of your heart, would it be high? Would it be low? Would it be normal? I'm not talking about the actual temperature. Hopefully it's close to 98.6 Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. I'm talking about the temperature of your attitude. What are you feeling in your heart of hearts or in your soul? You know, this is a critical part in the initial battle of recovery. The lies we believe cause us to think that God is finished with us. We might not even be saved, or we might as well just give up and give in to our darkest desires. We feel we don't want to do that when we're in our right mind, but when our enemy works with power to keep us from the truth, then we desire those things that are harmful. Actually, here's an email that I received from a young man in India yesterday. He writes, quote, I feel disgusted. Tell me how many times that God could forgive me. If I failed him for more than 50 times, will he forgive me for my continuous sins? Tell me, sir, I- I've been fasting, gone to church, Asked God several times to remove that sin from me, but he couldn't help me. How can I overcome this? End quote. So here's a young man wallowing in the swamp of doubt and in danger of losing heart and having little hope for recovery. I can imagine he is like, like I was, furious with himself and his continuing to fall back into sexual sin. He's certainly wrong when he says God cannot help him because God can't. In fact, he's the only way we can overcome this. And we can relate to those feelings of self-loathing. We've tried our best, but it has not been enough, and we find ourselves falling over and over again. Well, in your boot camp for today, the passage is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and by the way, that's a great passage to memorize. It says this, quote, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, he's talking about the great men and women of the faith in Hebrews 11, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race which is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who, now listen carefully, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him 
who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now notice with me a couple of things in this passage. What really grabs my attention right from the start is the phrase, the sin that so easily entangles us. We, we know about that, right? I mean, he could have said that all in just one word, the porn that entangles us. There was always, <laughs> this is interesting if you think about it historically, there's always been some kind of porn or erotic use of nakedness, cavemen put their own centerfolds on the walls of their home. In fact, a good artistic caveman could probably make some extra cash charging admission to his cave, but I digress. Sexual sin has to be the most prevalent sin of all time. A couple of years ago, my wife and I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. And we walked through room after room filled with these incredibly wonderful paintings of, of many men dressed in fancy clothes and, and women also. But along with some very provocative nude paintings that were hanging on the wall. Triggering it was for me. However, we are told to lay aside every encumbrance in this sin that has so easily entangled us, and for some of us at a very early age. Well, what does the writer suggest us to do? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now, what do you think about when you fix your eyes on Jesus? I don't think he's talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead, or even walking on water. No, the image needs to be more graphic. The image of seeing Jesus needs to be more shocking, something we don't want to think about, but need to focus on very seriously, because here's what the author writes. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, he endured the cross. That's what he's telling us to fix our eyes on. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sure, he rose from the dead, and he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. But do not forget about his enduring the cross and despising the shame. Now, many scholars believe that when men were crucified at that time, they were stripped naked, completely exposed to those watching, doubly shamed as a criminal being put to death and naked for everyone to see and unable to be able to hide themselves. Listen, when you are being tempted to see nakedness, what if we did what this passage is telling us to do? Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, instead of releasing our passions over sexual images we want to see, what if we focus on his passion, his passionate love for us, 
that would drive him to for the joy before him endured the most painful method of death in public and naked. You know, we, we look at naked people and imagine in our minds that, that they want us. What a load of crap that is. They want your money. They want your mind. They want your soul. But what they will never want is to love you and to be intimate with you. That's an itch they cannot scratch. They will continue until they have your job, your marriage, your family. And when it is all gone, you will feel the worst pain and emptiness that you have ever known. Why did Jesus do that? What are we supposed to remember about the ruthless hostility and attacks he endured for us? He ends the passage with this, So you will not grow weary and lose heart. We can never be more wrong thinking that our sin has separated us from God. It was him coming to pay the penalty for our sins, demonstrating his unconditional love for us, that he allowed the men that he himself had created to nail his hands and his feet to the cross, to strip him naked, and then slaughter him on the cross. Listen, my friends, that's an image of nakedness that we should never forget because it is real. And if you're looking for someone to love you and who wants to meet your deepest desire for true intimacy, not the imitation of sexual intimacy, but true intimacy, look no further than Jesus hanging on the cross. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcast. God bless you, my friends. I hope this message touches your heart. God bless you. Take care. And goodbye.